Hello, everyone. Wow. Welcome to the first episode of this podcast. I am amped. But here's the deal. We're starting this podcast, right? And, and well, I figured Kinsey Grant is an awesome podcast host herself, so why not? Let's get her on as our first guest. So, Kinsey, thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be guest number one. Number one. We are so excited for you to be here and can't wait to learn so much from you. Well, I appreciate you having me, and I, I hope I live up to the hype. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Kinsey, you joined Morning Brew as a writer in July 2018. Um, yes, I did. As I, yes, you did. And... As I previously mentioned, you host the unbelievable podcast Morning Brew is delivering called Business Casual, one of my favorites. Absolutely love it. Thank you um, very much. Oh, I, I'm going to just give you so many compliments right now because I'm just so excited to have you on. That's kind of how this goes. Well, thank you. I, I would never be one to turn one down, so I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're yeah, all good. So you you write and edit for the Daily Brew. Also, my preferred business news source, a fun, simplified, but still extremely informative business newsletter sent out to almost 2 million readers daily. Is that right? Do I have that right? Yeah, you do. I think uh, right now we're at about 1.8, so we'll be 2 million sometime in early 2020. That's unbelievable. That is super exciting. Uh, we, yeah, we are so fortunate to have you on. <laughs> Oh, for sure. I mean, you you guys probably can't even believe the growth. It's probably been unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it's it's you know you think about less than a year ago we were celebrating one million readers, uh, and that had been after a couple of years of the two co-founders going at this with Morning Brew. So the fact that we've been able not only to scale the newsletter but to amplify that growth even more has been absolutely an incredible experience. Awesome, awesome. So. What did I leave out? What What would you like to tell everyone about yourself, about Morning Brew, about what excites you? Anything really? Oh gosh. Okay. Well, there you know, there's there's a lot that's exciting right now. Uh, I I would like to say, I guess that you know, the the first podcast, Business Casual, that we launched in September was an idea that came to the forefront in. July. So it was a, a very quick turnaround for us to launch show number one. Uh, but that's how we've always thought of it, that Business Casual was the first podcast for Morning Brew. It's how we learned how to do it, and it's how we build the machine to be able to build successful podcasts in the future. So I guess, you know, what I'm probably most excited about for 2020 and even beyond that is just that this is the very tip of the iceberg for Morning Brew when it comes to audio. Uh, we have a lot of really interesting things planned for 2020 uh, beyond just diversifying morning brew or diversifying business casual content, uh, trying to get more creative with that, growing the business casual team. Uh, but also eventually, you know, I, I see a very clear future in which we have more than one show, uh, that we have different shows from our different verticals at morning brew. Uh, and then within the company as a whole, I'm really, really excited about growing the team. Honestly, I was employee number five, as you mentioned, uh, in July, 2018. So to think about the fact that we are probably going to be closer to 40 within the uh, the next month or so, it's pretty insane. Uh, but it's also been really, really fun. And it's just incredible that I get to go to work every day and hang out with people who are smart and like-minded and driven and, you know, clever and push each other to all 
do our jobs even better than they're already doing. So I guess those are probably the two things that I'm most excited about is just growing this and going to the moon, honestly. I can't even imagine. That's got to be – you must wake up every morning and just be so pumped to go to work, which is, I think, the ultimate goal, honestly. Yeah, I I agree. And, you know, I've been in jobs before where I did not feel that way, where you woke up on a Monday and it was – you actually got to get to the Mondays. And I sound like I'm, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid or something right now. But at Morning Brew, I really do feel like no two days are the same, and that makes all the difference when it comes to work-life satisfaction. Uh, You know, you get to do something different all the time. You're constantly being pushed to try new things, and it really makes going to work every day a whole heck of a lot easier. That's awesome. So great to hear. So we'll we'll talk about uh, you being the fifth employee. That's unbelievable. At Morning Brew and and working at a startup a little bit later. But before we get there, what we mentioned that you edit edit articles. You're a business writer yourself, and of course, an esteemed podcast host. But what do you do professionally? What's a what's a typical day to get day to day at the Morning Brew? Well, you know, I like I like I said, it's it's tough because even when you're just I started as just writing the core daily newsletter with me and one other writer. Uh, when you come in, you don't know what you're going to write about for the next day because you know what's going on in the news. You know there are stories that you're following. But for the most part, we only get a very limited amount of real estate in the core newsletter, the core Morning Brew newsletter. You know, it's five stories, 300 words for the top story, and then 150 to 170 words for all the rest of the stories each. So it's not a lot of room to work with. So you have to be really, really, you know, deliberate in what you choose to write about, what you choose to pursue. So that also means that the stories you think you're going to write at 9 a.m. can be totally different from the stories you end up uh, actually writing, which is very fun, but honestly it was a little bit stressful in the beginning. Um, so I guess to the day-to-day question, uh, I have spent the last six months or so kind of splitting my time between working on the podcast, Business Casual, and writing for the core daily uh, newsletter, the Morning Brew newsletter. So on the days when I'm working on podcasts, I'll come in, I'll see, you know, if I have something scheduled to record that day, obviously the the whole <laughs> schedule gets totally thrown out the window, and I'm, I'm basically in recording mode that whole day, making sure that all of my prep is done, making sure that my guest is going to be there on time, making sure that I'm going to be at the studio on time to record, uh, and making sure that everything kind of goes off without a hitch. On podcast days that I'm not recording, it's typically a lot of research for upcoming guests that I have. It's also a lot of outreach, trying to get new guests on the show. It's a lot of production that I think is a, a detail that a lot of people forget. Uh, on the back end, you know, the once we sit down and we have an hour and a half of raw audio, that's really only the very beginning of the process for that episode to be produced fully. So I have to go through and figure out what stays, what goes, write all the copy that goes with it, et cetera, uh, and do a lot of the promotion also. So, you know, we keep things really, really lean on all aspects of what Morning Brew does, but especially the podcast, just because this was sort of the test use case to see if this would work. And now that we know it does, we're going to be growing the team, hiring more people to work on the podcast to make it absolutely stellar. Now, when I'm writing uh, for the newsletter, which I do still do sometimes, uh, that day is typically meetings, uh, content reviews, things like that in the morning. And then we start writing the next day's newsletter around 1 p.m. Uh, and then write the newsletter and peer edit each other's work. There's usually about two to three writers each day who are working on the newsletter. 
until roughly 5 p.m. And then at 5 p.m., we start to send our tests. So uh, we'll go through and do a really, really extensive and thorough fact check, and then we'll send a test of what the next day's email will look like sometime around 6 or 6.30. Uh, by the time we read that, make any changes that need to be made, usually about 7 o'clock, 7.15, we have the newsletter for the next day set. And then we just cross our fingers and hope nothing major happens over the next 12 hours. Um, but usually, you know, anybody who reads Morning Brew would know that we try to add a layer of analysis. So we are covering, you know, the, net, the previous day's news or a lot of times a look ahead of what's happening that day. But we're not going to be the ones that are breaking the news in your inbox. That's not the utility of Morning Brew. The utility is that we're giving it to you in a digestible way, in an understandable way, and in an entertaining way. Uh, and we have the benefit of having read all of the coverage of that specific story so that we can add that layer of analysis so it makes even more sense to you uh, by the time it gets to your inbox. And that is the long-winded version of my day-to-day. That's perfect. You literally gave it down to the hour. I am actually extremely impressed. That was very yeah. impressive. Well, thank you. We, you know, as a journalist, we're all about the details. The devil is in the details. You have to be. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. And so, so you talked about a daily routine, right? So a routine that you have um, set for delivering the newsletter and prepping for it, prepping for the podcast. And and both really. So regarding the daily routine outside of work, when you if you do have time off, I can't even imagine working at a fast growing startup. There's probably not that much time off, but if there is, what do you do outside of work to stay to really stay at the top of your game and to be mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally there? So that's a big question. Um, I think. You know, a lot of what my job entails, both as a podcast host and as a writer, is understanding what people around me, my peers, are thinking about, are talking about, are understanding, are not understanding, so that I can better, excuse me, so, excuse me, sorry, long day of podcast recording, um, so that I can better give them what they need. So, you know, I, I joke that I'm extremely online, but that's is exactly how I operate. And luckily, that was a, a character trait of mine before I started working at Morning Brew. Um, but we have to understand the jokes and the memes and all of the things that are going on on Reddit. Uh, and that sounds like kind of like a load of cross, but that's my job, right? But it, I would say it is. You know, to make a funny joke that resonates with people, you have to know what people are talking about and figure out what they're going to laugh at. So I would say a lot of my daily routine when I'm not in the office working, you know, the the so-called nine-to-five, which typically ends up being a lot more like eight-to-seven, I do a lot of just perusing the Internet, probably too much time on Twitter, um, but, you know, that's, we'll say, part of work, but I do love Twitter personally. Um, But I also love to read both news, fiction, nonfiction, all kinds of, you know, literature, books, whatever, what have you. Because I truly do think that the best writers are are ferocious readers. Uh, so you have to consume a lot of content to understand what's good, what's not good, and what you want to do in your own writing. Uh, you know, it's not cherry-picking the good and the bad from another writer's work, but it's being able to be inspired by other people, other writers, reading things that you maybe never would have. Um, so that, I think, is, is one of my favorite things to do outside of work. Also, you know, like, I'm in my 20s, I like to hang out and like watch Netflix with my friends. And I think that 
a lot of people who are, are young and trying to achieve a lot professionally are so often told that their hobbies have to be totally related to work, but that's completely untrue. You know, it's okay to want to watch Netflix for an hour or two or three on the weekend. Uh, it's okay to want to like go to a bar and have a beer with your friend. You know, as long as you feel like you are getting the most out of your life, then do whatever you want, you know. Really the important thing to keep you motivated both outside of work and at work. Right, and and I I completely agree. And luckily I work somewhere where, you know, we very rarely do end up taking time off. We have an unlimited vacation policy, uh, but everybody is kind of really, really dedicated to the work that they're doing. But we are encouraged and you know, we, we recently had a break over the holidays, and I think everybody came back feeling a lot more refreshed and energized and ready to start new projects and try new things. And everybody was just more creative because you need to take that time away. You need to step away from the projects that you're staring so closely at every day so you can see the big picture. And, you know, it's important to take that time and realize that you're never going to get anywhere if you just get bogged down in the nitty-gritty and the details. Oh, for sure, hundred percent. You need you need that time off to reset, so you can be even better when you get back. And right. getting taking that time off is important, especially working at a startup. I mean, doing twenty five different things at once. You yourself, writing, editing, being a podcast host, content creation, all around. There's probably so many things going on at a fast growing startup like Morning Brew. The fifth employee there too. I mean, I can't even imagine how how that's been. Just seeing the transformation of this business. So, what is it like working at a fast growing startup? I think, in one word, incredible. Um, like I mentioned before, the people who work at Morning Brew are really what makes it a really special place to work. It's you know we we take a lot of care in building the team because. We are the kind of company that believes in investing in our people first and foremost. Uh, the people who make the company what it is are what's going to ensure that that kind of positive culture and that work hard culture continues. So you got to invest in the right people. Uh, and that's something I'm really, really grateful that Morning Brew does. But I guess the the actual working there, um, I think it's, it's crazy fun. I mean, we are still a small company, by most definitions, uh, it feels a lot bigger from the days that I started uh, when we were in a, a six-person WeWork, and now we are outgrowing our 40-person office. So things have changed tremendously. I would definitely say it's for the better. We've gotten a lot of, uh, you know, little things that you don't think about when you start working for a startup that we now have at Morning Brew, like, uh, you know, a, a more defined HR department. We're hiring someone who's going to be our new head of HR, which seems like a little detail, but when you're working at a startup, you realize there are, are needs for those kind of jobs um, and for people to fill them. So we are growing into a, a real-life company with real-life departments, which is awesome. Um, but with all of that, we really prioritize communication because you know, like I mentioned, we're only as good as our team, and making sure that everybody's on the same page is vital to the success of a startup, especially as it's growing, especially as we're adding new new products to the lineup. Everybody needs to know what's going on. You know, content needs to explain what they're working on so that brand partnerships can sell ads to keep the lights on, and growth has to make sure everybody knows what everybody's doing so that they can get us to, you know, to the moon subscribers, right? So prioritizing that communication has been, I think, a really important part of our success. Um, but just working in the startup landscape in New York has 
been incredibly beneficial for me. I've met so many people whom I would never have even crossed paths with in any kind of other life that I would end up in, which is incredible because, you know, it's, it's not just people I'm meeting in media. It's people I'm meeting in retail, in tech, in, you know, banking. It's people who are trying to genuinely make a difference in the lives of others working at a small company. And those are the kind of people that become invaluable connections because, you know, at the end of the day, startups have not a, not a fantastic track record in terms of uh, success rates, especially in, in this market. You know, not all of them are going to survive, and that's okay. And I'm bullish on Morning Brew, and I think it will, you know, change the world someday. But it's great to to be put in the position where I'm constantly encouraged to network with other people, to get to know other people, because there will be life beyond today and beyond this year. And it's great to, to kind of be in the know and know all of the cool people who are doing incredible things. And you never know who you're going to meet in this, like, startup landscape. And Morning Brew has brought all of that to me. That's amazing. That's so great to hear. And as I read the uh, the other day in the Morning Brew newsletter, New York is becoming one of the biggest new tech hubs, right? So it's becoming the new Silicon Valley? Yes, that is correct. <laughs> I'm glad you read. Um, yeah, and, and it's it's been really, really cool to kind of witness that from within the startup community. In, in previous jobs, I was working at kind of more legacy media brands, so covering a lot more stocks type stuff and really only talking to, like, bank analysts and things like that. So to be able to actually talk to the people and become friends with a lot of the people who are working on some of these really, really cool, sexy, fun startups that you hear about, especially the tech ones, has been a, an incredible opportunity. That's awesome. Yeah. No, that must be that must be just an incredible opportunity, uh, just as you said. So thinking about um, the actual industry, the meaning the media industry, I, I myself don't know the difference between new and old media. Can you explain the difference between the two? Sure. So, you know, to me, new media is just a company that is focused on communication between two different parties, whether that's business to business, business to consumer, what have you, that is doing that communication, executing on that communication in a way that traditional media might deem, you know, untenable. So, for us, we consider ourselves a new media company because we are focused on email newsletters and on audio. Now, you'll see more and more companies like the New York Times and the Wall Street Journals of the world that were once focused on one specific medium, paper, newspapers, expanding beyond just that. But to me, those are the old school media companies that were, were one medium-specific uh, avenue of communication. A new media company is a company that is exploring a different medium of communication and adding on to that with, with new media. Wow. That was more than I learned in one of my college courses, so thank you very much. I think I owe you, like, $30,000. Uh, yeah, all checks payable to Kinsey Grant. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but thank you. Yeah, it's it's something that I've, I've definitely, like, noodled on a lot um, because I think new media is a term you hear thrown around quite a bit, and it's hard to distinguish the difference between old and new media, especially when you see, like, the Daily or, like, the Wall Street Journal's podcast that launched last year. Um, they're all getting into it, which is great because that kind of validates the whatever new frontier that we're working on. Um, but it's it's also, you know, competition is competition. Yeah, no, that's for sure. Absolutely. So working in business news in new media, 
as I've just newly learned. What, why should people pursue a career in it? What, who, who's the right fit for it? And, and why is it such a desired field from your perspective? So to me, the, the perfect person to work at a job, and I'll say similar to mine, but, you know, obviously this is a blanket statement, is curiosity. You have to be curious. And I think that curious people are just generally more inclined to try things that you have no guarantee of them working out. Uh, you know, you say getting a job in media right out of college, a lot of people would roll their eyes and say the media is dead and we all, there's fake news and we all live in a vacuum and what have you. But you know, you have to be willing to take a chance and you have to be willing to, to be curious and ask the right questions because those questions are going to end up as your make or break. Uh, you know, it's, it's more than just asking the right questions in an interview when I'm on my podcast. It's asking the right questions about the viability of a business as a whole. It's asking the right questions about, you know, when you're sitting in your job interview, do you know what to ask about the company to determine whether or not you want to work there? Can you figure out if that company is going to last? next week, next month, next year. Uh, so I guess that, you know, to, to kind of boil it down is just if you feel like you're a curious person and someone who is maybe willing to take a risk and is willing to kind of parse out the good from the bad in taking that risk, then definitely would advise a career in, in media. Um, but also it's a really fun time to be doing something like this. I mean, we're seeing new projects all the time. Like I said, not, you know, it's from the New York Times, the Journal, what the Washington Post, all of those good good ones. But there's also, a, you know, an, an innumerable amount uh, of, of different kinds of businesses that are popping up, um, whether that's improving the way that people communicate, not just delivering news, but how we get it and things like that, that we never would have even thought of five or ten years ago. Wow. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, I now think I'm going to just – quit my job, and then go pursue new media now. I want to. Sounds really exciting. Well, good. Good. I, I highly recommend it. It's treated me well so far. <laughs> <laughs> so Morning Brew is, if not the king of content creation, probably the queen because you you guys are just creating content co- constantly and pretty much the entire business and what the value prop that you guys have is – Content creation, content, I believe content is king. You hear that a lot. And so I, I was wondering, what do you think the the importance of it uh, to you is content, be, that being content creation, not just for Morning Brew, but for society as a whole? Sure. So I'll answer this in two parts. I think from the perspective of Morning Brew, like I mentioned before, we're never going to be breaking the news to you, but we are going to be taking it a level deeper. And that requires – being willing to go out on a limb and say something that other people haven't said. As long as it's truthful and it's fair and we can back it up, we're going to be willing to to put that take in print. And as long as it's, you know, objective, of course. Um, So, uh, you know, that, that means flexing that muscle a lot. It means practicing. It means writing in your free time. It means journaling, uh, writing thought leadership type stuff that you just, you know, you write a post on Medium and post it. It's things like that that, like I said, a muscle, something that takes practice, and the more you do it, the better you get at doing it. Uh, so you know, from Morning Brew's perspective, that is by far the, one of the most important parts of, of the editorial team's responsibilities. Um, from a more general perspective, I think that you know, content creation 
is important in terms of, of quantity just because, you know, you, you need to practice. Everybody needs to practice and you need to get eyeballs on that practice to get different perspectives on how you're doing what you should be doing differently, if you should be doing anything differently. But at the same time, I think one of the big shortcomings of the media landscape today is that people think that that quantity is more important than quality. Um, you know, you can tweet 14 times a day. And if all of those tweets are garbage, you're never going to get anywhere with your Twitter. It takes thought and it takes, uh, you know, devotion to, to making sure that you're putting out something original that to me is more important than anything. So focusing on adding something to the conversation instead of just regurgitating someone else's words is by far more important to me than just putting something out for the sake of putting it out there. So most definitely quality over quantity. Right. Very cool. Well, that was also very insightful. Um, we we want to end each episode with with an, a really thought provoking question and an intriguing topic for our awesome guests like yourself to take a stab at. So, are you ready? Is the question. Oh yeah, I was born ready. Hit me. Born ready. Boom. All right. So what are your thoughts on technology's impact on society's instant gratification? Ooh, that is a heavy one. Um, you know, oh, yeah. it's it's difficult for me to separate technology from my life just because it is my livelihood. Um, podcasts require technology. Email newsletters require technology. And technology is more than just the computer that we use to, to Google something or to watch Netflix. You know, the wheel is technology. Uh, farming systems are technology. So uh, it's it's beyond just what we think today when we think technology. So it's it's hard to kind of figure out exactly what is, is hurting or, or not hurting us the most when it comes to instant gratification. Um, but I almost think that the the relationship between technology and instant gratification is less impactful on my life and I think probably the lives of my peers than the relationship between instant gratification and our generation. Um, we all, like I said, experience technological changes, but the technological changes that happened in tandem with my generation are the ones that have given us Amazon Prime, that have given us, uh, you know, one-day shipping from everybody, that have given us Instagram likes in the, you know, hundreds or thousands delivered directly to your phone, like a shot of dopamine to your veins. Like that <laughs> to me is, is the most important part that all generations have to grapple with technological changes and the way that they change society and mold society into a new iteration of itself every several years or decades or, or even a generational change uh, on the whole. But we just happen to, to kind of luck into living in a time when those changes are sometimes for the worse. You know, we are benefiting from instant communication and that we can talk to people across the country, across the world in the, the bat of an eye, um, which is incredible. And, and it was unthinkable just 50 or 60 years ago, right? So uh, the fact that we can do that without getting on the phone, that we can just IM someone or WhatsApp someone or what is whatever your, your medium of choice is, is incredible. But at the same time, um, the removal of the barrier to entry in direct communication, I think, has also bred a lot of negativity uh, because I know just as, as well as any other podcast host that 
people are a lot more willing to share negative feedback than they are positive feedback. We're a lot more inclined to complain about something than we are to say, hey, that was really great. Um, and I've talked with a lot of people about this in the industry, too, that, you know, it's, it's changing a cultural thing. It's not so much that we have the means to do it. It's that we feel inclined to do it in the first place. Um, so I, I don't really have the answer to fixing that. I would say it's like parenting or something, but I think it's just a, a byproduct of living in the world we live in now. Um, but yes, that's my answer. <laughs> that is a great answer. Uh, definitely a great take on that. You know, it's really interesting. I think we're still as a society still in the beginning stages of understanding the true implications of social media. We've been able to find out a lot of the positive aspects of it, but I'm really excited even like five years from now to see what society has done as a whole to utilize the full impact of social media. Yeah, I completely agree. And you think about Facebook, the lifetime of Facebook, and just using that as an example, in the grand scheme of the history of the human race it's 16 years out of millions so you know we have no idea what the implications will be i will say i've had guests on my podcast have said you know there are direct correlations between uh the rise of social media use and things like teen suicide um and you know bullying rates and things like that that are obviously net bad for society and sometimes you have to kind of separate the good and the bad uh, from those impacts. And I agree that a lot of the the general on the whole kind of insights remain to be seen. And I, I would argue will remain to be seen for, for some time. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess we'll just have to wait to see. And hopefully we can re- really see the positive um the positive afterthoughts, hopefully, rather than the negative sides. But yeah. that will that is we'll we'll have to wait to see, unfortunately. But I am just as you are bullish on morning brew, I am bullish on society. So let's hope for the best. And I want to end by saying thank you, Kinsey. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. I am super excited to be able to release this and share your thoughts with everyone else. Yeah, well, you know, thank you for having me. I think that this show is asking the right questions, and I'm really, really excited to be a part of it. I think that's going to be great. Absolutely. And so if anyone wants to follow you, maybe reach out to you on social media, where is the best place to find you? So definitely find me on Twitter. That is where, as I said, I spend most of my time. Um, my Twitter is at Kinsey Grant. That's at K-I-N-S-E-Y-G-R-A-N-T. Uh, and then my email is just Kinsey at morningbrew.com. And I am an open book. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, everyone, you heard that. She is an open book. Reach out to her. <laughs> yes, right. definitely. Kinsey, thank you so much. And we wish you, Morning Brew, and the entire team all the best and a happy 2020. Yes, happy 2020 to you as well. Thanks for having me. All right, guys, thanks for listening to the podcast and make sure to share this with your friends. And of course, follow us on Instagram, aspire underscore inquire to take on this journey with us. That being said, stay tuned next Thursday because you will not be disappointed. Peace.